This NBA season, make every three-pointer, alley-oop, and buzzer beater even more exciting with FanDuel. You can bet on everything from first baskets and number of dunks to which player will drain the most threes. Or stack your bets with the same game parlay for a shot to win even bigger. It's quick, easy, and you'll get your winnings fast. So download the app today and see why we're North America's number one sportsbook. Make every moment more with FanDuel. 19 plus and physically located in Ontario. Gambling problem? Call 1-866-531-2600 or visit connectsontario.ca. Hey everyone and welcome to the wrap up live. This is the official Raptors Republic live post game show and podcast where we recap, we dissect and we talk about the latest Raptors game that you just finished watching. I'm your host Sahal Abdi again. I'm here with my co-host Oren Weisfeld and this is the second game of the season. So this is my first time uh, hosting with Oren this season. It should be fun. First game, the home opener, I was with Kyle. Now it's Oren um, and this live show was produced by none other than Keon. Haddad, tonight your Toronto Raptors were defeated by the Brooklyn Nets, 109-105, uh, bringing the Raptors record to 1-1 one one in this new 2022 NBA season. And last but not least, if you love the Toronto Raptors, do us hardworking individuals at Raptors Republic a favor and subscribe to the Raptors Republic YouTube and our Rapcast podcast channel, whether you're watching or listening. All right, Oren, this was uh, a really, really, really fun game. Uh, <laughs> this was a fun game. It was a lot of back and forth, a lot of big shots, a lot of big dunks, a lot of big blocks. Um, this is probably what you wanted to see in a Raptors versus Brooklyn Nets game uh, where both teams were fairly healthy. Um, there are a lot of standout storylines, um, just general takeaways really quick from the game. Uh, what stood out to you the most from the game, I guess, to start us off? Yeah, I guess it's just upsetting. Um that they lost because like we know the east is gonna be really tough this year there's gonna be a lot of games like this that come down to the end and the last couple minutes and and i think the standings are gonna be really tight at the end of the year and we're gonna look back on some games like this just because it was such a winnable game the nets were not very good like katie and Kyrie really went off in the second half and kudos to them because they made really tough shots but they were they were not a really it was not a good effort from the Nets. And it just wasn't a good enough effort from the Raptors outside of Pascal tonight, unfortunately. Like, I thought, obviously, we'll talk about him. He was amazing. He did everything he could to to get them there. But the young players were really showing their youth today, whether it was Coloco, Precious Achua, OG had a really bad game. Trent had a really bad game. Um, it goes down the list. Like, we talk about depth. It wasn't a deep enough game team today and just like stupid mistakes really pissed me off we can get into some of them but uh the way they defended ben simmons who doesn't look at the rim because he's afraid to score it really bothered me because they kept sending bodies to ben simmons and and ben would just throw it out for an open three and it was like Mm -hmm. can we stay disciplined defensively Uh, and the raptors couldn't tonight how about you yeah, I mean, like I said, it was a high-octane game. It reminded me of the end of, of uh, the home opener um, when, you know, the fourth quarter just felt like everything was moving at such a fast pace. Um, we can't really, you know, get into a deep dive into this game without mentioning Pascal Siakam and his incredible, not just game, but fourth quarter stretch. Um, you know, if we go to the fourth quarter first, right, 
uh, five, sorry, eight minutes uh, into the, sorry, five minutes into the fourth quarter, uh, or five minutes left in the fourth quarter, I should say, he hit a big three. Um, literally a minute later, 448, he had a huge dunk after a Ben Simmons, after the Ben Simmons turnover. That one was stolen by Fred Van Fleet. 20 seconds later, he hit a turnaround jump shot and one on Royce O'Neal. Uh, a minute after that, with 331 left in the third, he hit another three after a Royce O'Neal turnover. And then um, you know, he put he put on a dribbling exhibition at 254 third quarter. I had to time time, you know, stamp all of these because Pascal was going on a, a solo run, something that you probably only see or in, in in NBA 2K my career when you put the game on rookie mode. Um, you know, 254, like I said, puts on a dribbling exhibition, uh, one-on-one versus Claxton, hit it, and then he gave us <laughs> funny enough, Oren, he gave us his iteration of the Michael Jordan shrug, where he was just smiling and laughing, shaking his head, yeah, wondering he how. Didn't he like cross his arms and do this down the court? Yeah, he was just like, I, I think he was just shocked, I guess, how every single shot was dropping for him. Um, mm-hmm. But again, this is an All NBA player. We're not, we're not too shocked. Um, the next and then at the, crowd at the end shocked. of the game for Pascal, like he he started. You know, both teams hadn't really double teamed him in terms of Cleveland and Brooklyn. Um, but at the, at the end of the game, they started doubling him on, on everything, and he was just finding Scotty under the basket on cuts for like two dunks. He found Fred for a three in the perimeter. Like, yeah. as soon as they started doubling him, you finally saw the playmaking chops that, that we haven't really seen so far this season come out. Um, so, yeah, you really couldn't ask anything more from Pascal tonight. Like, super efficient, triple-double. Um, it, it sucks that they lost after that performance. Yeah, so that's what I was going to ask you. Does it does it hurt a bit that he dropped 37, 13, and 11 on 15 for 20 shooting? Might It might be his most efficient game this season. Like, 15 for 20 is difficult to do for any player in the league. Um, do you feel like this is a, a wasted opportunity for Toronto in this game to for Pascal to go off like this and... I guess they just come out with a loss for sure. And it goes back to like what we were talking about. I feel like all preseason with like the depth being so good. Everyone was saying like, oh, man, this team this year, Fred and pa- and, and Pascal no longer have to carry them as much because the depth this year is so good. And like this was just an example of a night where nobody outside of those two really had it. And so I think that's the disappointing part for me. You know, yeah, it sucks to lose a game where Fred was or where Pascal was really good, but it's like, why did we lose? Because Precious didn't show up tonight. Coloco looked like the rookie that he is. OG did not look good until like he hit a couple threes at the end. And we know OG's gonna play defense. So like that's great. Like I love OG's defense, but we've yeah. come to expect a little more from him and he just wasn't good. He wasn't intentional in his drives. He threw a couple silly turnovers um, and he wasn't hitting shots until the fourth quarter. Gary started taking some really bad shots in the third, in the third quarter. And then in the fourth, he couldn't bury anything open. Like Thad was, I would like to see Thad get a few more minutes, honestly, mm-hmm. But he hasn't done very much in, in the last couple so, of games. So. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. With that, it's tough because you watch him and his age is really showing at this point this season. I don't know if he just has to get his legs underneath him. Um, you know, for all of the House of House of the Dragon uh, watchers, I made a joke uh, in a group chat. I won't disclose what group chat it is, but for all of for all of my House of the Dragon fans out there, that was moving around like King Viserys, you know, in his final stages of life. He just wasn't. That's where I am in House of the Dragons. Actually, I'm a little behind. Yeah, 
Yeah. yeah. I mean, he does. He looks like an older guy. I mean, last year we saw a little bit more of a springy um, Thaddeus Young. I mean, relative to his age, of course. Um, but he was only given six minutes in this game. He shot one shot. It was a three. He missed it. He was a plus four. But again, in six minutes, is that really, um, you know, telling at all? Um, at this point, yeah, the depth didn't give the Raptors much. I mean, you got nine points from Precious Achua, Christian Coloco, and Delano Banton combined. Nothing from Thaddeus Young. Hernan Gomez didn't play. Kem Birch was, uh, you know, was healthy, apparently. He was active, but he didn't play. You got a DNP as well. Malachi Flynn didn't play. Um, so it's tough. It's tough for the Raptors because although you got, you know, very good games from Pascal Siakam, pretty good game from Scotty Barnes, Fred Van Fleet was super, super active defensively. I mean, if you look at the box score alone, Fred had 18 points, uh, nine assists and seven rebounds. You're thinking that's a pretty good game on, on an efficient seven for 11 shooting. But really where he made his mark tonight was was the defense. And and uh, I saw you make a tweet, Oren, where you essentially said, you know, if Fred is, is his role decreases offensively a little bit um, and he can focus and hone in defensively a little bit more. He's almost guaranteed an all NBA spot. Are you sticking with that? For sure. Yeah. Like Fred took um, nine shots today and nine shots in the Cleveland game. And that's like, we do not, we've come to expect Fred to kind of pound the ball. You know, Nick talked, you, nobody like who really follows the Raptors believes anything Nick nurse says, you know? So when he <laughs> talked in the preseason about like, Fred's going to play off ball more, Everyone was like, yeah, okay, let's, like, when I see it, I'll believe it, right? But he really yeah. is playing off ball quite a bit. That, like, there was even a lineup out there with no backup point guard, no Fred, no Delano, and it just goes to show that, like, the Raptors are kind of over the idea of, like, having a traditional point guard handle the ball. Um, and Fred's really to his credit, because I think it's the best thing for the team, he's really off ball, he's taking threes, and, you know, that's pretty much it, other than here and there, like, a, a little mid-range floater, pull-up. Um, so, credit to him for taking a step back offensively, because, and yeah, to the defensive point, that allows him to put, like, almost 100% into his every defensive possession, and what we've seen through two games, and we've seen it in spurts at other times, is, like, when Fred is really giving it all defensively, he's unbelievable first of all he's a steals mm -hmm. magnet he had four last game four today so that's eight already on the season like he must Insane. be leading the league fantasy owners are are in heaven right now rejoice yeah <laughs> yeah so so yeah i mean he does pretty much everything good defensively like the only thing is in the post uh he gets overmatched by bigs for sure but he's so smart if you watch Fred will be in the post. He'll get a switch into a big guy in the post. And and if the ball doesn't go straight to that big, Fred will uh, scram switch it. And he'll just like call Scotty and Scotty will take the big and Fred will go to the perimeter to take a smaller player. So, yeah, I, I definitely, definitely see a all defensive team for Fred this year. Yeah, he looks like a menace. There's so many possessions that aren't even... I guess that you can't even really look at it and it's not technically, it might not be a steal by Fred. It might not be a block or, or I mean, that last steal at the end of the position or what would have been a steal. I mean, if Nick Nurse didn't use that challenge, which honestly, I've still felt like you probably should have because I felt like Royce O'Neal did flop at the end there. Um, but it's tough because I, I guess what the referees were looking at was the extension of the arm. Speaking um, of Pascal referees, yeah. that was, there, was, there was some bad calls in that game. I, I, I'll That's leave it at that. There was some bad calls yeah. in that game. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was tough. It was definitely tough. Um, and then it felt like that last possession 
where Fred almost stole the ball, I should say. Um, the referees almost just expected the Raptors to foul, and the whistle was going to be blown no matter what. And it didn't look like a foul. And, you know, I love watching going back and forth between the Raptors broadcast and the Nets broadcast, especially during controversial plays like this. And Ian Eagle, who's the, you know, color commentator for the Brooklyn Nets, um, yeah. he mentioned how that, you know, that's a steal. And the refs should not have called a foul. Um, so when you're hearing that from the opposing commentators, I mean, it is what it is. Uh, but at the end of the day, can you really say the refs were the reason the Raptors lost? No, there were tons. No, of this is probably the reason game. the Raptors lost. Let's talk about this play because this is yeah. what the internet <laughs> yeah. is talking about. So I, I, I'd like to hear your take on it because um, yeah, I've seen a lot of people get mad at this double right here and open shot for Royce O'Neal. Who I'm pretty sure was like oh of ten on the night before this shot. By the way, um, but yeah, like what do you think about it? I guess it's you know every, anytime you can say uh, something's a really stupid double team or a stupid decision to double team, you kind of have to not just look at Fred's decision um, to kind of run, um, you know, towards the top of the key, leave Royce on the elbow, but it's also Fred's job not just to do that. He has to kind of signal to Gary that, hey, as soon as I leave this guy, you're coming up. And Gary yeah. almost has to tell, you know, the guy down low, who I believe is Pascal Siakam, yeah, right underneath the net, you're you're coming towards my guy. So you just got to do a full-scale rotation. Um, yeah. But I guess at that point, Fred's just assuming that guys know, hey, we're going to double-team here. It's not a miscommunication. I think guys do, do know. I think guys yeah. do know. Like, my I mean, take yeah. on it is, is this. Like, a lot of people came into the end of that game – in terms of Twitter, people came in, watched the last five minutes, and were like, that's a terrible double. But if you watch the game, you know that Kyrie and KD were the only ones who got anything for the Nets all game offensively. Royce O'Neal couldn't hit anything. So the Raptors decided they were going to start double-teaming those guys towards the end of the game. This, like, you have to be smart with your doubles, and this, I think, is on Gary, because I'm sure they talked about it in a timeout where... Fred's going to like whoever is closest is going to double. It's the low man's job to to cover for him. And Gary was cover, a step yeah. late here. Uh, I'll still live with it. Like even with that being said, I'll live with it because me too. Yeah. The alternative is Kyrie playing one on one with Scotty. And if anyone who watched the game knew Kyrie was cooking everyone. So mm -hmm. like I'll live with a Royce O'Neal semi contested three over a Kyrie on Scotty one on one to seal the game like people that, forget or in yeah people forget that Kyrie just over a minute left in the game one-on-one -on -one isolation with Gary Trent Jr who you know if we stick to just perimeter defending is one of the Raptors most disruptive perimeter defenders um you know hit a tough 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 mid-range shot over Gary Trent Jr one that was just a rainbow arcing I mean it's just a Kyrie Irving shot he's one of those guys he's just he's made his namesake um, you know, in tough shot making in this league. Um, if there's one guy that you want on an isolation at the end of the game and you could choose from maybe five players in the league, Kyrie Irving's probably one of those five guys, um, if we're being honest. So I get it. Um, you know, the double wasn't perfect, but again, I'm okay with a shot like that. It went in, but it's Royce O'Neal at the end of the day. Um, it just, it is what and it it's is Royce at that point. having a really bad game too. Yeah, he like, was two for seven. He had, you know, a bunch of turnovers in this game, costly turnovers. Um, I'm okay with it. I mean, it is what it is. Um, you know, he's that three and D guy for the Nets who they don't expect to get 15, 20 points. On most nights, not even 10 points from him. 
they just want him to focus defensively and just hit the open three. And I guess in this game he hit it. It was a deep three from, you know, the elbow. And, I mean, it is what it is. Um, I'd rather have that yeah. than, you know, from Royce O'Neal than, than a Kyrie Irving one-on-one or a Kevin Durant one-on-one. And the reason I say that again, Oren, is because we saw that happen a minute before. We saw Kyrie Irving on Gary Trent Jr. We saw De- uh, Kevin Durant collect the ball from 30 feet out top of the key and just splash on OG Ananobi's face. Like, there's just so much you can do with um, two guys who on any given night can be deemed arguably the best offensive players in the world in Kyrie Irving and, and Kevin Durant. So, I mean, it is what it is. Um, to start the game, though, Oren, the Raptors were, you know, they went in same exact starting lineup as the home, uh, home opener. Uh, Fred, Gary, OG, Scotty, Pascal. Um, Gary started off actually first. He So he was the, just like the home opener, he started off very strong in the first quarter. Um, you know, he looked aggressive. He was finding his spots. The confidence was high. Siakam did have two early fouls in the game. He left. Um, and then we got Delano Banton and Christian Coloco minutes again in the first quarter, which was cool to see. Um, Coloco did show, in my opinion, he did show his value around the rim at times. But again, he's not a guy that's ready um, to play 20 minutes just yet in his NBA career. Um, and you, you saw that tonight. You saw it, right? Yeah, he was good in the first half. Uh, and then in the second half, like credit to Claxton. Claxton had one of the best games of, of legit like his career. He was really, yeah. really good uh, on the offensive boards as a rim protector mm-hmm. in the pick and roll with some nasty finishes around Coloco. Like Claxton straight up outplayed him. Um, but Coloco, like I, in the first half, I was really impressed with him. So I'm not like my takeaway from that game isn't that like he's not ready for the NBA or anything like that. It's just that he had a bad second half. Um, but it goes back to like, yeah, the, like people are saying in the comments, the starters can't do everything. And tonight was a night where I actually like, I don't know where you are on this. I actually thought the starters were really good tonight. Um, I'd like to see, like I could pull up how, how, they were in terms of like plus minus in terms of how that specific uh group performed but i yeah. feel like the starters are on a string as like offensively i think they're creating some really good stuff they, they couldn't good, really man. get enough stops but offensively i'm i'm really not too upset when the bench came in that's when the offense really looked terrible um but yeah what do you what have you thought about the starters so far this season Starters have looked fine, and I mentioned it to um, Kyle in our show a couple nights ago that this was, again, one of the biggest storylines leading into the season. Um, are the starters going to be able to find and generate, um, you know, advantageous opportunities offensively? Are they, going to be do- are they going to be doing that consistently this season? Who knows? I mean, we've seen it so far in the first two games. It's looked good. I mean, especially in the half-court setting. It's looked much better than I thought it would look. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Me guys too. look energetic. Uh, but the only thing is, or in, you know, if we're getting 36, 37, 38, 39 minutes from the starters for however many games this season, they're eventually going to start tiring out, right? You're going to you're gonna need guys like Otto Porter and guys like Chris Boucher to come in um, and give you those, you know, uh, advantageous minutes off the bench. Those, those encouraging minutes we, we would see often from Chris Boucher, um, you know, last season. I don't know. I mean, Precious in two games... Uh, I don't it know. Hasn't, it hasn't He's, been a good look. It hasn't. It hasn't. It hasn't. Look, it hasn't looked great. And he, and the reason I single out him is because you know Precious Achua for me is is was one of those guys that people had him pegged. I mean, we're not talking myself and yourself, Warren. Like we're talking 
NBA, uh, I believe, was it? No, Zach we're Wilson? talking Someone... myself. I put I put literal money on him to win. Oh, okay, yeah. okay, I didn't know that. Okay, okay, I didn't know that. Um, there was a yeah. very prominent NBA writer who had him as the sixth man of the year. I think it might have been Zach Lowe. I'm not 100 sure, but somebody had him as sixth man of the year. Two two prominent NBA writers. I no, just I think that was from, a, from most improved. Most improved. Most improved. Sorry, I, just, yeah, the, I want more. I want more from Pressure True. Because let's be fair. Here's my let's thing. be fair, yeah. You yeah. you know you know you're not going to get a ton from Christian Coloco and Delano Banton, and you don't expect that, right? Yes, yes. But you true. do expect that from Pressure True, and you exactly. expect Thaddeus Young to give you a little bit more in the two games he's played so far, right? Um, yeah. We knew Hernan Gomez wasn't going to play every single game off the bench. We knew. Uh, the same thing for Justin Champagne and Ken Burks. These guys are going to collect DNPs this season, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but you want it from Precious, and the Raptors haven't gotten it so far, and it's tough because yeah. you need him to lead the bench, right? Yeah, my problem with, with Precious is that he's not – he's playing with a little, like, arrogance in his game. And, like, when I say that, I mean, like – You'll see him float in between possessions. He won't sprint like the Raptors will throw a turnover. And instead of sprinting back on transition defense, he'll jog back. He's doing these things that like a superstar is allowed to do. Mm -hmm. But a guy who's ultimately fighting for minutes isn't allowed to do. And he was doing in the preseason going like precious out of all the guys in the preseason was going like the least hard. And I noticed, but I was like, okay, it's the preseason. Now that the games have started, I've still noticed that he's not giving like 110% effort. And that shows in the minutes he's getting. Like he got 17 tonight. He got like even less in the Cleveland game. He's throwing really silly turnovers. Like that one where he does this every game where he takes the ball up in transition, which I like the grab and go stuff from him. I like when he gets a defensive rebound and takes it up the, the court. But once he realizes that he doesn't have the numbers or he doesn't have a pathway to the rim, he needs to stop, secure the ball, and give it to Fred. And there's way too often that that exchange is just so sloppy. And in this game, Ben Simmons like kind of pressured him and, and he hit it out of bounds and they got a turnover. And yeah, it's just like really sloppy play from Precious that is bothering me a little bit right now because as we saw last season, if he does give 100% effort and if he does lock in and just plays within his role a little bit, he's a really, really dynamic player off the bench. Yeah, he just needs to kind of understand and assume what role he's being given here. Um, I, I do see it. I do see a little bit of what you call the arrogance and in, in pressure to you. It's a very fine line because you want Precious mm-hmm. to be very confident. You want him mm-hmm. to come in off the bench um, and give you something offensively, right? But, and you've um, seen these flashes, like he had that yeah, one have. mid-range jumper this game off a attacking a closeout. Like you do see these flashes, so I want some of that. I want his role to expand, but that only comes if you're doing the other stuff already. Yeah, for sure. Uh, I mean, Precious. There's a there's the good thing is there's 80 games to go for Precious Achua. Um, so I'm not you know 100 percent worried. I'm maybe. Getting 20, yeah. 30% for Precious. And um, I'm not worried about Thad either, man. Thad's going to play his way into the season. He's an old man. Give him some time. Yeah, yeah he just needs a just kind of a little just shock to his legs or something. I forgot what they used to call that to make people jump higher, but it's a little program I forgot back in high school. Um, Thaddeus Young, Precious Achua, Delano Banton, Christian Coloco. The Raptors only played four guys um, off the bench in this game. 
Uh, is there anyone, Orn, before we move on, um, is there anyone you wanted to see in this game that didn't get an opportunity? Yeah, good question. Uh, I think this was a Malachi Flynn game. Um, and I'm saying that mostly just because he torched the Nets last season um, at the end of yeah. the season, and he looked really good against them. But yeah, like in a game when the bench's real issues were offense and spacing and and no one could really uh, help any of the the starters that were on the floor, it felt like Malachi should maybe get his chance. And like, I understand like Banton won this spot in the preseason because of a really unlucky Flynn injury. And then Flynn is probably not in great rhythm because he's been wearing a mask and, and hasn't been able to play yet. And it's tough to throw him in the second half of a game after he hasn't played in a while, but yeah, like the Raptors finished with how many points in this game? I, I don't even have the score. They finished like with 90 points, right? It was a game that needed some offensive juice and none of the guys we mentioned were giving it. Flynn, like say what you will about Flynn, but he does have the ability to come in a game and really score the ball. So yeah, that's the guy. That's the guy I want to see get some run in the next couple of games if the Raptors need some offense. Yeah, I, I think I'm with you as well. Um, I the Raptors at times in this game they needed an offensive punch. They needed a guy to kind of hold the fort a little bit, um, run their sets a little bit smoother. Um, like you said, with certain guys in the game, it just looked clunky. It didn't look uh, great. Uh, a lot of this game, you know, if we're looking at it from a Nets perspective and we flip the whole script, they're looking at it like, you know, the Raptors relied a hell of a lot on a very good Pascal Siakam game to stay in this game, right? And defensively for the Raptors, if you're looking at it, you know, Durant, yes, he had 27. And Kyrie Irving, yes, he had 30, right, in 40 minutes. Um, but he was 11 for 24, Kyrie Irving right? Five for 13 from three. Kevin Durant shot under 50% as well. He was eight for 18, right? Yeah. Durant Katie, particularly, Katie great. yeah, KD particularly, yes, he did go to the free throw line 10 times. You saw the aggressiveness. You saw a guy who hit, you know, a big, big shot at the end of the game, but he was a minus eight, right? In 35 minutes played, like that's not Kevin Durant like. So the Raptors, you know, came into this game like they do with most, you know, teams that harbor two, um, you know, incredible, arguable, top 10 top five nba players um the raptors came in and said you know what we're going to do our best and kind of structure our defensive tactics in a way where we can stop these two guys and let everyone else beat us and unfortunately uh at least in uh, nick claxton's eyes uh, that worked for him um and then at the end there we saw obviously royce o'neill two for seven royce o'neill might i add um you know hit that big shot at the end um do you do you think maybe Nick Nurse could have done anything differently in terms of how he approached this game? Or do you think the game was just there for the taking? I mean, they did do a pretty good job on Kyrie and Durant. That's probably the most you can ask for. Um, other than Nick Claxton, everyone was pretty silent, I guess. Yeah, those guys right? definitely hit really tough shots, Kyrie and Katie. And there's nothing you can do about those. Um, in terms of like Nick Nurse, not not so much him, but like the players. Turnovers were a huge issue for the Raptors tonight. Uh, you just can't turn the ball over that much. This is like my issue. Uh, this is a good clip to demonstrate it. And I really don't blame Nick Nurse so much as I blame like, unfortunately, Gary Trent Jr. And this has kind of been my issue with him in the starting lineup too, is like when you have one guy who's not on the same string defensively as the other four, you really notice it. And this happened, I mean, a few times in the game. We just highlighted a clip at the end of the game on the double where Gary was a step late 
in my opinion, maybe that wasn't uh, like communicated ahead of time that Fred was going to double. But that's my guess is that Gary was a step late. And here's another one where. Like, let's talk about the Nets a little bit, because like Ben Simmons to start the season, he doesn't look at the rim. He had like a, a, a floater early in the game, but like I've watched some preseason. I've watched their last game like he won't look at the rim. And so you need to give him. You need to not react too much to what he's doing and you need to stay on your man and stay home mm-hmm. because Agreed. if he takes a contested layup, that's absolutely fine. And like this play right here. Gary has no reason to tag him. He's the strong side guy. He needs to stay home. Scotty's the tag. That just, and this happens several times where, you know, they're letting Ben do what he wants to do, which is pass. And you got to make Ben, how many times did we actually see Ben take a layup tonight? Like even a wide open layup, like yeah. none. And that's, yeah. you, that's what you have to make Ben do is take contested layups. Um, so I mean, he issue, shot five yes, shots the, in the game the in total. So, and that just goes to show, like they didn't do the game plan, which which is yeah. the game plan has to be to let Simmons shoot and take away the other guys. I will say the Nets in a in a playoff setting. I don't know how teams this are just going to completely ignore <laughs> yeah. Simmons. Teams are going to completely yeah. ignore Simmons, like way better than this. Yeah, and it's going to be really hard for them. It's going to be really difficult. Um, they need a third guy. And Oren, I'm not giving up on the Nets at all, especially two games. I'm not giving up on any team, really, um, because they do have one guy that I'm very intrigued with on their team who did not play tonight. Um, and that is none other than TJ Warren, who has mm-hmm. proved that on any given night, he can put up 20 or sometimes 30. So uh, I'm not, Simmons you know, too is, is sitting for them. Yeah, exactly. So, sorry, um, Seth, 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 Curry. Seth Curry, not Simmons. Yeah, um, but it's funny enough because yeah, you're right. Simmons had you know he attempted only five shots. He hit three. Uh, he had like a typical kind of Ben Simmons or Draymond Green, whatever you want to call it, game. Six points, ten rebounds, eight assists. Um, you know, six points and in this game, four points in his last game, or in ten points in two games from Ben Simmons. Um, you're right. I feel like I mean, I just kind of forget about Ben Simmons in a way offensively um, teams don't have that luxury of really focusing in and game planning as much as they can in the regular season, because you probably have a game either the night uh, following or the night after. So uh, in Ben Simmons case, you know, when he runs into um, you know, that potential playoffs that the Brooklyn Nets are obviously vying for um, it's going to be difficult. It's going to be very difficult. If they don't have that third guy, that third guy, uh, you know, at least in the first half of last season and the season before that was James Harden. He's a Philadelphia 76er now. So uh, we'll see. I mean, Ben Simmons did, I guess, what he had to do in a game like this. Um, you know, like I said, he was a near triple-double. He did have some weird turnovers in this game, but he's doing a lot of handoffs. He's doing a lot of Draymond Green stuff. It's a lot of, you know, dribble handoffs, DHOs, stuff like that. Um and I mean, maybe this is just their way of kind of easing him into the offense, you know, so at least from the Brooklyn Nets perspective um, for the Raptors, though, I mean, it's, there's there's not much you can say. You had yeah. uh, 57 points from Durant and Kyrie Irving. If you add Nick Claxton to that, that's 76 points out of the 109 for that Brooklyn scored tonight. 
Um, 76 out of 109, that's 70%, I would assume, with my crappy math skills. Um, all from three players. Not sustainable, um, but also not sustainable for the Raptors either. I mean, uh, they did have balanced scoring from the four other starters. OG with 10, Scotty with 17, Fred 18, and Gary 14. Pascal did have 37. Um, but do you think, you know, are, are you a little bit to go back to, to the bench, or and are you worried with Otto Porter being out for an extended amount of time, Chris Boucher being out until, you know, who knows when? Um, are you a little bit worried that this might be, you know, a repeat of what we saw from the Raptors last season where the bulk of the scoring comes from the top five or six guys and you get nothing else from players seven to 12, I guess you could say. Yeah, I'm not really worried about the scoring in particular. I think that's the way the roster is set up where the top five are going to be staggered and they're going to do the majority of the scoring. Um, Maybe a little bit worried, though, about the bench in general, just more so just like is Nick going to keep playing these guys this much because that's not that's not like sustainable as we know like mm-hmm. he, he he already shortened the rotation after one game right to the Brooklyn game he already shortened it by one man taking Wancho out um and so maybe that's a worry in general though I'm pretty pleased with how the Raptors played through two games uh if you watch games around the league, like most teams are not this organized, especially offensively, I think, like as as the Raptors have been. So I think they've had a good summer. They've had a good training camp, and I think it's showing Pascal. Like the important things are that Pascal looks great. And there's like this clear rule definition within the offense where Fred has taken a bit of a step back to allow OG and um and Scotty to do more. So I, I'm definitely encouraged. The only thing I guess that's a worry is like that starting unit's defense has to, it can't only be good in the last five minutes of games. It has to yeah. play well throughout the whole game if uh, if they're going to stay together. Yeah, for sure. Moving on really quickly, Oren, uh, we're back to Taxman. I think and... we should call this award the not- pascal siakam award yeah like, because you know what's funny okay, we agreed on like yeah we <laughs> yeah. I, I remember i listened to your pod and we agreed on like not doing the doing the person who like impressed us the most relative to their expectation right mm-hmm. it was still pascal tonight if you just did it that way yeah so we need to just call it the not pascal award yeah um it's it's tough uh we talked about this also during the off season. Uh, because we felt like Taxman almost belonged solely to Pascal Siakam last season. Um, other than Pascal, maybe, because, you know, at the same time, we have to give him his due. I mean, we talked about it earlier, 37 points, uh, 13 rebounds, 11 assists on 15 for 20 shooting. In the grand scheme of things, this might be his best game for the rest of the season. Um, like, that's how good he played. And we're talking about a guy who, if he stays healthy, we're looking, this is an all-NBA level player, right? Pascal, bona fide, you know, bar none. There's no discussion being had anymore, right? Um, do you think, you know, if you take Pascal out of that equation, there is anyone worthy of our taxman player today? Yeah. Uh, I, have I would give mind. it, yeah, I would give it to Fred. Yeah. Yeah, me too. Just because the way the game was looking, I felt like, I mean, he was being passive. And as I said, I'm okay with that, but it just didn't feel like he was like 
gonna take over and then all of a sudden in the fourth quarter when it really mattered he just hit like two big pull-up threes he found uh og for an open three he 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 hit that step back at the end of the game like in the mid-range so he really carried them in the fourth quarter when they started doubling pascal and like last season that like fred was getting a ton of double teams based on how the offense was this season i think teams are gonna have a really hard time adjusting to like fred playing off ball so much and then because when fred plays off ball the offense is so weird and and different where it's like it's a lot of like post-up stuff and then he runs a pick and roll here and like you know you shouldn't drop back that far on a fred pick and roll but i think it's hard for defenses to adjust after they haven't seen that all game. So, yeah, Fred Fred for me. Yeah, I'm going to agree with you. I think Fred's my tax man of the night for sure. Uh, a full, you know, two-way game that you typically see from Fred Van Vliet. So, me and Orna are in agreement. We have Fred Van Vliet as the tax man of the night, and that tax man of the night is brought to you by canamtax.com. You could call them at 416-243-2912. Um, again, that's canamtax.com. These are... Uh, you know, yeah, you guys almost this guy was probably (laughs) listening last episode, like, hey man, I'm still the sponsor, yeah, exactly. Um, and the good thing is, you know, if for any Pascal lovers out there, um, because there are quite a bit of Pascal fan accounts out there on Raptors Twitter now, um, you know, Pascal will get his, so don't worry, don't you worry just yet. He will get his 40 points, and yeah, (laughs) yeah, exactly. This one's gonna go to Fred, um. And I'm sorry, Pascal. Uh, I know a lot of our our viewers and our listeners are not going to like that. But, you know, we get a lot of great Pascal games in an 82-game season. So we're not too worried. So, again, canamtax.com. This was brought to you, um, again, by Canamtax. 416-243-2912. I don't know why I saw 343. I had to read that twice. <laughs> Okay, and and Pascal for the Pascal fans. Pascal does get play of the game if we can if we can cue that up. Yep, shout out to our producer K. Oh, I know what this is. This is great. Yeah, we're doing play of the game. We're trying to do more segments this year, by the way, fans. So Pascal definitely gets the play of the game segment here, where he stuffs it on KD with the left hand. He stuffed it on KD last season also and got a, a mm-hmm. poster out of it. So it's good to see this continuing. This was a pretty crazy dunk. And for our podcast listeners, um, this was with 8.30 left in the third quarter. Scores 58-54. Brooklyn was up four. Pascal got the defensive rebound. He dribbled it up in like maybe four or five strides. Quick pass to Gary Trent. It just The ball gets funneled around from OG to Scotty back to Pascal. And by that time, he was already crowning Kevin Durant. Um, it was an and one, which was great to see. A great dunk, and it silenced the Barclays Center crowd, which was nice to see. And like Warren said, Pascal's almost making it uh, an annual thing for Kevin Durant. I don't know if this is a dislike that he has for Kevin or what it is, but uh, this is becoming an annual crowning. Uh, a Pascal on um, Kevin Durant crowning, and we're not yeah. talking about House of Dragon. Um, uh, la- that was last our category. I got one more category of the night which is the tweet of the night. Another thing we're trying to introduce. Oh, is this me? We used to do it. No, I got one. Well, you can show another one if you... Do you have another one? Just send it in the private chat. Oh, yeah. Sorry, I didn't didn't see anything too great from you. (laughs) No, this is is Josh Lunenberg. This is a very serious tweet. It wasn't a funny one, but it's a good one. Uh, 
Yeah, it took 284 games for Pascal Siakam to record his first career triple-double. He's now recorded three of them in his last eight games. I saw another tweet that puts him second in the Raptors franchise, all top franchise double, triple-double list behind Kyle Lowry. So that was pretty wild game. last eight games to get all three of them. Uh, you, it just shows the progression for him. Yeah, and he was, and he oh, mentioned sorry. that he didn't That's like how that. he only had one assist um, in that first game, and yeah. um, that wasn't really a Pascal Siakam issue. I think um, it was more or less guys just it was a combination of guys weren't hitting shots, and the ball was just getting funneled around versus the Cleveland Cavaliers in the home opener. So I don't think it was, um, you know, a Pascal Siakam kind of hog fest but this is great to see i mean the ball's moving he's scoring at a very efficient rate he looks unstoppable in one-on-one situations um i mean the raptors have an all nba bona fide star on their hands this is a guy who you know i mentioned it i think just over a month ago uh, on my twitter account um how i believe pascal is a top 15 player in the league and you know i got some dms and some mentions of people who disagreed and uh, of course, Raptors Twitter agreed for the most part. And um, I genuinely believe if you look at the last three years dating back to um, that final season, the, the, the season that the Raptors won the championship, his finals performance, his playoff performance, I think there's no doubt in my mind that Pascal Siakam has solidified himself as a top 15, if not, uh, or top 20, if not top 15 player um, in the league. He's a guy that does it in you know, two ways. He's not just an offensive superstar. Um, he's a guy that defensively he can wreak havoc, um, a guy who can score in one-on-one situations, a guy who can facilitate the ball, a guy who can rebound the ball, um, a guy who, you know, late in the game, if he switches on the best offensive uh, opposing player, you're not, you know, in a, in a state of panic like you would be if it were, a, I don't know, a Kyrie Irving or a Steph Curry, for example. Uh, yeah, I just think Pascal's complete. Uh, there's no... Um, He's even hitting threes this season, bro. Yeah, which is now I can really call him complete. There's no part of his game that I look at and I say he needs to get much, much, much better at that. Um, So, I mean, shout out to Pascal. He had a great, great, uh, great game. And we'll see probably plenty more this season. Uh, Oren, do you want to add anything else? No, I think that's good for me personally. Yeah, this is a... I'm ready to go watch uh, Nuggets Warriors. (laughs) Warriors, yeah. (laughs) This This is a great... This is a great game that, unfortunately, the Raptors did lose. Before you guys leave us tonight uh, on Wrap Up Live, we need you to subscribe to the Raptors Republic YouTube. Guys, like the video. We got a ton of views on the first home opening video, um, but the likes were, yeah, they weren't great. I mean, we appreciate you guys always, but if you guys could like, especially if you stayed with us from start to finish, um, and uh, I guess, yeah, that was the Wrap Up, your official Raptors Republic post-game live show where your Toronto Raptors were defeated by the Brooklyn Nets in Barclay Center. 109 to 105. That brings the Raptors record to 500 on the season one and one. This live show was produced by the magician in the background, the wizard, Kian Haddad. Um, and that was it for myself. Sahal Abdi, again, here with Oren Weisfeld. You guys could follow us on Twitter. Same at uh, Oren Weisfeld and Sahal Abdi. Um, and that's going to do it. I mean, the next game is tomorrow night, I believe. Tomorrow night. Miami. Kyle Lowry Bowl. It's going to be a good one. Yeah. Heat 0-2. Uh, they're coming for they're coming there. It's not going to be an easy one against the heat tomorrow night. Yeah, it won't be easy at all. We'll see you guys next time.